Welcome everyone to Balance Your Life Podcast. My name is Megan Farrell and I'm the host of this podcast and the creator of Balance by Megan. On this podcast, we talk about all things yoga, wellness, health, and spirituality with guests from around the world. So grab your crystals, grab your essential oils, and let's dive into it. Welcome back to another episode of Balance Your Life. My name is Megan Farrell. I'm an online and international yoga and meditation teacher and the creator of Balance by Megan. Happy Monday, friends. At the time of this recording, it is a beautiful sunny day here just outside of Toronto. So depending on where you're living, the last few days have been absolutely gorgeous. And I don't know about you, but it has put me in such a positive, upbeat mindset and such a positive mood. So I am such a summer baby. I am totally digging this weather. I know it's not for everyone, but for me, I'm totally digging it. Boy, oh boy, do we have an episode for you. Today, we are talking all about negative self-talk, negative limiting beliefs. We're talking about going from overwhelm, depression, and anxiety to finding true happiness, purpose, and joy through yoga and meditation. So this is one of my favorite topics to talk about. It's how I overcame all of my all of my insecurities, my lack of confidence in myself, how I overcame obsessive compulsive disorder, depression, anxiety. But today's episode, I am joined by Rachel Shelton. So we're going to talk about all this stuff and more with Rachel. Rachel was first introduced to yoga when she was 15 at her local gym, but didn't commit to a yoga practice until her mid-20s when she met her teacher, Erin Evans, while living in Banff, Alberta. Rachel fell in love with the physically demanding and mentally demanding practice of Ashtanga yoga and Ashtanga-inspired vinyasa flow. A physical yoga practice allowed Rachel to detach herself from thought and find a sense of peace that nothing else had ever given her. This revelation is what inspired her to take her yoga teacher training in 2017. Rachel loves to teach yoga because yoga taught her that there is so much more possible for us if we show and believe, and more importantly, yoga teaches us that we are not our thoughts and we can find freedom from negative and limiting thoughts if we choose. On this episode, we talk about how taking a yoga class brought her peace and happiness when she was absolutely miserable in life, Ashtanga yoga, what it is and how you can benefit from this specific style of yoga, why Ashtanga might be a good fit for you if you are looking to push yourself out of your comfort zone, and the mindset you need as a beginner. If you are really unhappy and struggling in life, this is definitely an episode you want to listen to and see the massive changes Rachel made through yoga and mindset work. Before we dive into today's episode though, very in time with today's episode, I want to chat to you about my online meditation workshop. (laughs) Are you tired of the monkey mind weighing you down and letting your mind get the best of you? Are you ready to find a solution to stop the inner critic and tap into a more positive, calmer you? Join me for my how to start an at-home meditation practice workshop May 30th. In this workshop, you will be guided through a relaxing meditation, learn what meditation actually is, discover why we should meditate and what the benefits of meditation are, 
how to set yourself up for success in your own home practice. Plus, you'll get a special bonus for showing up. So I get questions all the time about meditation. How to start? When is the best time to you know, do meditation? Is it morning or evening? How should I sit? All these questions and I am going to answer every single one of them in this online workshop. So this is going to be Saturday, May 30th. So it's coming up super fast from 1 p.m. to 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. This is a $30 workshop, which is honestly, guys, I probably will never offer it at this price again. And there is a first come first surf basis. And I am only allowing a limited amount of people to join this. We have already started to sell out of spots. So if you are listening to this and this sounds interesting to you or you want to join, please, please, please do not wait. Book your spot now because they may be gone. And once the spots are gone, guys, they're gone. I am not opening this up again to more people. I'm not even sure if I will do this workshop again. I might, but it won't be at this price point ever again. If you want one of these limited spots, email me ASAP info at balancedbymegan.com. I will also link all of this in the show notes so you can go ahead and follow the link there to secure your limited spot for this online meditation workshop. Without further ado, please welcome Rachel Shelton to the Balance Your Life podcast. Welcome to the show, Rachel. I'm so excited to have you on. Thank you for having me, Megan. So for our listeners, can you let everybody know where in the world you are currently joining us from and what it is that you do for a living? Well, I am in super exciting Whitby, Ontario. So for those of you that don't know where that is, depending on traffic, I'm about 30 minutes from downtown Toronto. And I am a yoga teacher. I also teach English online, but my main passion or what I'm working towards to continue growing is I teach yoga. Yeah, so amazing. And it's like, I feel like we should preface it and say like, because we are currently still in lockdown of COVID, like with COVID traffic, you're about like half an hour from Toronto. And like without COVID traffic, you're like, it's a gamble. It's like two hours sometimes. It's exactly (laughs) anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and 20, depending um, in non COVID time. But yeah, last time I drove to Toronto before everything got serious. I was able to get to my aunt's house in 30 minutes, which was pretty impressive. <laughs> yeah, I know. Like, I, honestly, like, I'm like, if there's one, like, one thing we can all be grateful for with this COVID is like, if you have to travel on the road, like getting places to such a breeze now. <laughs> or just like not having to drive. Yeah, <laughs> true, true. I never, <laughs> never realized how, how much more time I would have if I didn't drive all the time until COVID. <laughs> exactly. No, I know. So for... Everybody who's listening and, you know, we have a lot of people who've been on here who are yoga teachers or some of them are just like they practice yoga or they're in this wellness space. How did you get started on your yoga journey? And then how did that translate to you wanting to become a teacher? So I dabbled in yoga like in my late, like mid to late teens and early 20s, but it was something I could very much come and go from. It wasn't till I met my teacher after I moved to Banff, Alberta, and I like loved her, um, that I really took it more seriously. And, you know, I was like, I need to get to yoga at least, you know, two or three times a week. And that turned into, well, I'm not progressing the way I want to, or I just wanted to be there. So that turned into more like four or five days a week. 
And I just loved how it's all about delivery, right? It's all about energy. So not only do I love the style of yoga she teaches, but I loved her message and how she taught and how she spoke. And when I realized I wanted to teach or when I realized I wanted to do my teacher training is I was not in a good place. I really wasn't happy. And like yoga could completely change that. Like I could be physically exhausted or mentally exhausted because I was so unhappy with my nine to five or my most of my life. And then I could go do a 90 minute intermediate vinyasa flow class and feel lighter and feel happier. And, you know, sometimes there are some tears there and like, you know, letting things go. And then I was just like, this brings me so much peace. I, I want more. Oh no, that's so good. I love, and that's exactly like where I was at too, but I want to just like a little bit of a tangent, but like kind of makes sense. When you were doing it, when you said you were like 15 years old, were you doing it because somebody was like, you're like your mom took you to a studio or like, why do you think it never stuck with you at that age? I think it was the style. So I started, I started going to a gym, a all women's gym when I was 15 and I just remember, I don't, I have no, I don't really remember the style, but maybe it was more like Yin or Hatha because she, okay. she made the, the aerobics room really dark. And I actually remember, I only went a few times and I, total sidebar, I have really bad knees okay. and my knee popped out. I was in a class and it's so painful when my knee pops out of its joint. And I don't think I ever went back to that class after then. And I just like a lot of people with like anxiety or like, needing to be distracted, a slower paced style of yoga, a more like kind of like sit with it style. I was too distracted and I kind of create craved more of something more physical. So I didn't go back there. And then I was like, how old was I? Maybe late, late teens, early twenties when a yoga studio, the first that I knew of opened in my hometown. And that was my first taste of hot yoga. So like a lot of people, I'm like, oh, so like I'm sweating a lot. So it's better for me. So, cause it's hot yoga. And I, I had a friend that wanted to go. So I kind of got into it, but then like, if I moved or, you know, something happened or if I just didn't, I would just go back and forth, like yoga, gym, yoga, gym. And I think it was partly style and also not liking the mental discomfort of it. It was physically never that I didn't like it but I would rather run and listen to like, you know, techno music that I would hear in a bar and escape that way versus having to feel. And not to say those other teachers I experienced weren't good. Oh, I also went to Power Yoga Canada for a little bit when I was in my early 20s. And that was my first taste of like, this is physically really hard. And I loved that. And then again, another total sidebar that I won't get into, I went to Africa and I would just do what I remembered from like sun salutes and stuff where I lived at home because there was no yoga. Okay, Um, I have a question. What brought you to Africa? I used to want to work in international development. So I interned for a fair trade organization in Swaziland, which is no longer called Swaziland. And I'm sorry to say, I don't know how to say their new name. Uh, The language they speak is Saswati. I want to say it's Estuini. Estuini might be, I'm not sure. I'm probably butchering it. (laughs) country formerly known as Swaziland that has officially changed their name. I interned there for four months. And yeah, I used to do yoga when I remembered like sun salutes and warriors and stuff in my room as like my exercise. Nice. And then after I got home from Swaziland, I ended up moving to Banff. 
So okay. yeah, between power yoga and when I found yoga and BAMP, there was a, there's some time, but not a lot. Okay. Okay. Swaziland sounds like, like a, I don't know, like a mythological place. It's, <laughs> it sounds it's very it's cool. Me. It's either one of the only or the only kingdoms left in Swaz or left okay. in Africa. It's between Mozambique and South Africa. It's a really small landlocked country. Oh, I had never okay. heard of it. I never heard of it until someone offered me an internship there. And wow. I was like, sure, I'll go. <laughs> Got to look on the it? map and you're like, oh, there it is. Okay. <laughs> never would have found it unless somebody had told me because it's very small. Oh, very um, cool. Yeah. Yeah. Very awkward stereotypical in a lot of ways developing country okay uh but yeah so I went to power yoga Canada loved it again very much a workout and then I went to Swaziland came home and a couple weeks later I ended up going to Banff so okay yeah okay and then so and I think that's something like I I kind of want that to like sit with people because I've talked to before on like just another podcast episodes but if anyone's new listening to this and coming from like your audience. Yeah. I I came from same thing. I went to yoga. I think I was 15 or 16 too, because my mom was like, I had really bad anxiety and I had really bad like depression and OCD and really bad asthma. And my mom was like, at the very least, like this will help you with your breathing. And Mm -hmm. I was so bored. Like, but my, my class was like in a lady's like unfinished dingy basement they were like, oh, cool. I was like the old, the youngest. They were all like a little bit older. I just never, like, I was like, I don't, I don't get the point of this. And uh, I fell off of it too. And it came back to me. So I feel like some people are like, no, I tried it once. And it just like, it wasn't for me. I was like 18. I feel like a lot of people like dancers are like, I tried it because I was told to do it for dance. And then I never liked it. So I never did it again. But like you said, like I came back to it too. And I came back from a I, I want, I wanted it to be physical for me. Yeah. That's when I came back in my twenties. And that's after I found power yoga Canada, like yeah. you really hit the nail on the head, but there's yoga is so broad. Yeah. Like when people come to my classes and you're like, Oh, so I'm here. Cause my doctor told me that I have a hernia, a hernia, herniated. Oh my gosh. I can't speak. Like what time? What, what herniated? That's the word I'm trying to say. <laughs> Disc and yoga would be good for it. And I'm like, did he tell you what type of yoga to do? Cause like, yeah. I have no idea if this is good for your back. Like, you know what I mean? It's just so mm-hmm. broad Yeah. and they'll come to my class and say they've done yoga before. And then I can tell that maybe they're feeling a little bit lost and they're like, Whoa, that was way different than what I expected. It's just so broad. Like every yeah. vinyasa class is going to be different. You know, Hatha to vinyasa to Ashtanga to, I could keep going. Like they're all so different. <laughs> so I know it's every once in a while I hear one. I'm like, what is that style of yoga? And I'm like, got to Google it. I'm like, Oh, okay. Like there's, and there's also like so many variations on yep. certain styles, but yeah, if people are like, I want to try yoga, I'm like, well, what, like, <laughs> what do you want to get from it? Do you want to work out? Do you want to like chill? Like, do you, do you have any back pain or yeah. <laughs> yeah. the, the like, doctor told me to come food? It's like yeah. saying, I want, I want food. Yeah. Well, well, what would you like to eat? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Pretty broad. Um, And I want to talk to you because I know you're into a very specific style of yoga. And I know you have practiced other styles, but I know there's just one that one other person talked about it. She came like first, first class was what you like to do. (laughs) But a lot of people are like, 
haven't heard of it or, you know, they have heard of it and they've kind of heard of it as like, it will kick your butt, but you Mm. are into Ashtanga yoga. Yeah, I love it. So how did that come into play? Because that's not a style that you'll find very often, at least in our area. No, that's not not everywhere, but in our area, it's very few and far between. Right. How, How did that come up for you? Well, I keep talking, actually, again, another sidebar, but like, it's actually ironic that I'm talking about Rocky Mountain Yoga so much because they just announced that they're not reopening their doors after COVID. And I had a little cry about that this morning because that place is so special to me. So I was introduced to Rocky Mountain Yoga. Again, total sidebar, but I started working for Lululemon and one of my coworkers at Lululemon, because you get to work out for free, or at the time you did anyways, when you work for Lululemon, she took me to an Aaron Evans class, who's, if you're listening to this, and you like a physical yoga practice, or I don't know, I think she's really rad at Erin Yoga, Erin uh, Evans Yoga is her Instagram. Uh, but I met my teacher, and she cued Birds of Paradise, which is, uh, and I was just like, what is happening? And I was just like, <laughs> and I thought she was the coolest. So I just started going to her classes, and then I bought a membership, and I started going to other classes. And I don't know if it was her, probably her, I went to an Ashtanga class first. I didn't know what it was. And then I would go Tuesday night at 5.30 because it was in my schedule. And another great teacher named Peter, that's what he taught. And I remember like liking the standing work and not loving the seated work. But I was like, oh, this is so long. But like, I would just go because that's just what I did. And then, so that's how I was introduced to it. I had, I didn't really understand it. I guess obviously I, I realized after a while it was a set sequence. But it was more about going to yoga when it fit in my schedule. And nice. like, yeah, and then going to the teachers that I liked. And there was a, there was a pattern of what I went to. Because they offered it Tuesday night, Friday morning, and Sunday morning. I would fit those into my schedule. So, so for anybody, if yeah. anybody's <laughs> listening, can you give a little pretext into what Ashtanga yoga is? Because I'm like... I like, for me, I'm like, I just like saying the word. It just sounds like very, like, it's a pretty, Ashtanga. pretty word. Yeah. <laughs> but um, um, yeah, what is it? It is a set series. There is many series. I think there's actually six series now. Okay. Um, I think traditionally there may have been only three or four. I want to say three developed by a man named Patabi Joyce in uh india uh in mysore which is a place also a name that's used in the practice but it's a place in india and uh not that that matters i didn't know that when i first started practicing it it's disciplined it's a strong practice and it's a set series so like it's not when you go to a vinyasa flow class and you don't really know what the teacher's going to do it's the same every time uh same sequence it's going to feel different almost every time but uh, you work on certain postures and you don't, uh, you don't traditionally veer away from that. And then depending on who's teaching you how fundamentalist they are, they'll only teach you up to postures that you're able to do. And then there's gatekeeper postures that fundamentalist teachers will tell you to stop that. So I wasn't taught by fundamentalists, but uh, it's very like, you just do it. Like, I love the discipline. I love, I love the challenge. And it's, a lot of people are scared of it. There's no reason to be scared of it. And, and when I say I notice that people don't like to do things that they're not good at, I, I fully recognize that that's a reflection of myself. Like my whole life, I didn't want to do things I wasn't good at. 
until yoga. And then I think that's kind of taught me to fail to learn, but, uh, it's, it's tough and it's not like, you know, listen to your body. <laughs> like, well, you do. Cause like you don't do things if it's painful, mm-hmm. but it's like, you just, you do, you do the sun salute. You just do the vinyasa. Like you just get up and you do it. Yeah. So I, I responded really well to that discipline and there's beginner, like there's like beginner classes where they'll teach you certain things. And like, again, like you do up to what your body's able to, and then you do the closing sequence and then you add on and it might take you a month to add on. It might take you a year or two to add on, but it's the primary series is what I, I mainly only practice is, uh, is designed for cleansing. Okay. So you're, cleansing the body, lots of twists, lots of forward folds. Yeah. A really physical practice. And I find it therapeutic. Yeah. No, Mm -hmm. it's, um, when I, I was, I come from a vinyasa flow background, but I, my, here's my little sidebar. I ended up in the little teeny tiny Caribbean Island of Aruba. And I was mentoring under an Ashtanga yoga teacher who was taught by, if I'm not mistaken, the son of, probably, I can't probably. say his name, but Joy. Yeah. Yeah. Probably. And, That's incredible. And I mean, she was like hardcore. She was a stronger, like 75 poses, two and a half hours is what it takes to get through. That Did was she do her. full vinyasas between each posture. Cause why would it take, cause the, it's again, we could, I we could sidebar all day. I'm actually, <laughs> I've started, I've started training at the Ashanga center of Toronto. And if you live in the GTA and if you're interested David Robinson and his wife are amazing. They're fundamentalists and they haven't taught it with full vinyasas in it. David's saying since for a long time, for like at least 20, 25 years. They oh, haven't. okay. They, She's a little older too though. So, I mean, she comes she from like an taught old, old school. school. Yeah. 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 So they stopped. David said that he doesn't, not sure exactly when the change was made. He was joking that like they took it out because if you look at old pictures, of like 50s, 60s Ashtangis, they all look like Olympians. Yeah. And so, yeah, and I'm actually learning the the proper vinyasa count okay. um, right now. I'm in a course with the Ashtanga Center and uh, they never changed the count. So uh-huh. the count's the same as if there was full vinyasa. So you'll end at 17 or let's say you'll end at nine and then all of a sudden you're back at seven because okay. a full vin- a full vinyasa is seven counts. So oh, okay. So they have it they weren't like and there's no vinyasa so now this is one it's still seven. So that's why you need a course to learn how to do the count because whatever they've cut out of vinyasa the count doesn't go one two three four. So. Yeah. Yeah, well when she told me that and I was like uh, like I come from a very physical background in yoga and you want me to do what? And she's like, no, like it's, that's my background I come from, but she's like, we only do them 75 minutes here. So like, you're going to cut out some of it. But she was like, no, that is the background I come from. And I was like, wow. And I remember doing the first 75 minutes flow with her. And it was the Shtanga based vinyasa class. And as you're going through it, you're like, there's just, I like, I, it's very physically based. And yeah. it was like near the end of it, I was like, what have I gotten myself into? I don't think I can keep doing this. Mm-hmm. And I kept going back. And when she would teach, she would base it off of the Ashtanga series. And it was amazing how fast my body adjusted to it. Like it yeah. got very strong, very fast. And near the end of it, yeah, it was like, 
it's like how I feel now after a good like power yoga workout or just like a Pilates workout. Like there are times where you're like, like, I don't know if I can do one more vinyasa. And then afterwards you're like, you did it. Like you feel amazing. And it's very like, like you've said too, like, I feel like in modern day yoga, we have learned like maybe today I don't hit bird of paradise, but maybe I've been able to hit it in the past or maybe I will in the future, but like, listen to your body right now. Maybe like my hamstrings are super tight, so I can't go as deep as I usually do, but it, uh, it was amazing how good I felt after, after doing one of those like Ashtanga based vinyasa classes. Yeah. And I would describe that's what my general style is. Mm-hmm. So I would say I teach an Ashtanga inspired or Ashtanga based. I always open with sun A's and sun B's. I do nice. always do the standing work. Um, I do proserita. There are certain things that I, I don't teach in a regular vinyasa class because mm-hmm. you, you, there's certain, you, there's certain prep postures you have to be able to do. Um, sure. Yeah, it's physical. And it's funny because if you went to the class for the first time, you'd be like, okay, sun salutes. All right, triangle, like whatever. Oh yeah, I got this. And then it like gets to the seated binds and you're like, oh, like what is she going to tell me to go on her, <laughs> my back? And then she, the teacher does say go on your back. Okay, home free. Oh no, now we're getting back up again. <laughs> like I know. Yeah. It's um, so good though. I, oh yeah, I love it. And like, obviously if you love, it teaches you like to be humble. Yes. You get, you do get strong, you sweat a lot, but like it also teaches, like it, it does teach me non-attachment in a lot of ways. Cause like some days I can bind in the marriage Shasana series and some days my little fingers won't reach together and it like makes me angry because I can't do it. And then I'm like, okay, no, like I still practice because you know what I mean? Or the first time I went to the Mysore room. So Mysore, so there's lead primary and then Mysore is when you go in and do the set series on your own. And there's teachers floating around the room and they give you adjustments or maybe help you. Uh, so the first time I went to Mysore and Banff, just to give an idea of how different it is, I was handed a cheat sheet with the postures. And the first time I went to the uh, Shanga Center of Toronto, their manager saw my sheet and she was like, you can't bring that in there. Like, you know it or you don't. And then she's like, do you not know the sequence? And so I was getting hella intimidated. And so I said no out of like nervousness. And at this point I was teaching half primary. And anyway, so like I was intimidated because they are so disciplined, but they're so kind. They know so much about the body and anatomy. Like I never realized people see Ashtanga as being so crazy, but it's really not. It's just in modern day, our lifestyle, we're so stationary and we're so tight that it seems crazy. There's like anatomy a base around all of it. If you do it properly, it's actually very safe. And that's sure. why you're taught not to skip ahead. So I wasn't taught by a fundamentalist, sorry. So I would kind of skip over stuff I couldn't get into, but there are things later on in the series towards the end I can do. But so now I practice with fundamentalists and they count very slowly. So uh, most days I'm quite happy that I stop a uh, Kurmasana, um, which is also known as tortoise. So I stop when you put the arms underneath your legs and you would bind your hands around your back. Okay. My, my hips are open enough that with assistance, I can get my legs behind my head, but my fingers don't come together. So because I can't bind, I stop there and I go to the closing series. Okay. So very cool. Yeah. yeah. 
No, I, and I, I want, I want that to like settle with people too, because like you were saying that it's a very physically based practice with a lot of like mental, emotional exercise Mm -hmm. that comes with it too. Can you touch a little bit on, even from your experience or your perspective, what kind of physical and mental release have you had from doing such a physically based yoga flow? Because I feel like there's a lot of people who are like, no, like power yoga, Ashtanga yoga, those physical based yoga practices, they're not yoga, quote unquote. And I say they're wrong, but I'll let you talk a little bit more on like what you've experienced mentally and emotionally with it. Yeah, I can't speak as much to power yoga, but it's so funny because it depends on depends on where you're introduced or like what kind of yoga you fall upon that you love. But like Ashtanga yoga is like the mother of vinyasa yoga. It's like I remember like explaining that to somebody once and they're like, oh, maybe you should get trained in vinyasa yoga. I'm like, that is what I'm trained in. Yeah. This is this is vinyasa yoga. It's it's knowing. It's like realizing, so when you're doing something so set and you know what's coming next and you know how hard it's going to be, you have to be so present. Like it's not a mindless practice. And like, it's when, like when things come up, it's like, okay, I'm getting frustrated or I'm thinking about what a coworker said to me last week and it really hurt. And it's like, you're so much more aware because there's no music playing and you're not I don't want to say vinyasa flows kind of trick you, but you don't know what's coming next. Mm-hmm. Right. So it's, you're not distracted and we're so used to being distracted. And it's like on the other side of that discomfort, there's like a release or if it's like a class. So if I, let's say I'm not doing lead primary, but I am doing a class that's uh, a flow based and there's more theming to it. Cause there's not really theming to Ashtanga yoga where they're like talking about a concept concept. And my teacher's like, you know, you can take a knee right now or you could just stick it out and like it's pretend this is the last twist you're ever going to do or pretend this is the last arm balance you're ever going to do or like how you show up on your mats, how you show up on show up in your life. So we notice if you're checking out right now, if you're finding a reason to go to the bathroom, like I love that because it's like, oh my God, this is how I show up on my, in my life. Or like when they make some reference about how you're perfect the way that you are or like you know letting go it doesn't serve you like it seems kind of like hokey pokey when I'm saying it right now but like you've been sweating your ass off for an hour and a half and they just say that one line that really resonates with you and then like I used to ball in shavasana all the time all the time because like such an emotional release and physical release and like I said earlier like I could be almost crawling in there because I was so defeated because I was so unhappy and then leave and be fully awake and want to call people to connect and it would completely change my mood. So there's a lot of power and like, it's funny, like they don't consider it real yoga because like I have a really hard time accepting other styles of yoga as real yoga. And I get that's again, my own perception and I don't discredit any style, but like, I'm also not a teacher that teaches everything. And like, I was taught, like, find what you love and that's what you teach. And so that's what I do. But there's, there's so much more. It's not a workout. Like, yes, there's physical benefits. And I always say all the time, like, particularly on my social media, that is it gratifying when I'm able to do something that I've tried so hard to do? Yes, 100%. Like, I'm not saying I don't love it when I 
my hands bind in marriage shots in a bee, or I just learned how to, to jump back from like tripod crow, like before I couldn't jump back. And, but what you learned about yourself when you got there, right? Like it's what you learn about yourself and the things that you have to overcome and things like that. There's all those little lessons that are in there that go far beyond the gratification of, of being able to do a certain posture. Yeah, no, absolutely. For sure. And it's one of those practices too. Like I remember being in a, I think it was in one of Corinne Sashtanga inspired flow classes. And she said like the mind tends to give up before it, like you're actually ready to. And I think even in this day and age, like this is going to like really rub people the wrong way. And I say, if it does rub you the wrong way, like maybe you need to do a little bit of internal reflecting and like, why is this bothering you so much? But we're coddled. A lot of us are coddled in this day and age. And it's like, we get to a pose and we're like, meh, like, I'm just, I, I, my finger hurts today. I can't do it. Or like, I'm just, I'm not in the headspace. And it's like, try just like for, and that used to be like half moon to me. It'd be like, Oh my God, like I just can't do it. And it was like, now it's one of those poses. Like I, I always try. And honestly, 80% of the time I fall out of the pose and it's like you said, it's humbling. Right. But it's like, it's that mind. It's like, no, I'm going to try it. I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a try. If I fall, I fall. And I know some people are like, I don't want to fall in a, in a studio surrounded by other people. And it's like, first of all, who cares? (laughs) Who cares? Exactly. Who Who cares? Somebody else is probably falling or, and honestly, they might look at you and see you and three seconds they've forgotten about you because they're in their own space. And yoga people are the nicest people. No one's going to go after class and be like, oh my God, you fell out of that pose. Like, like it's just not going to happen. Yeah. It's so funny. Cause that was me with inversions. So a couple of years back, like when I lived in Bayamp, like I'm pretty flexible now, but I used to be more flexible, but I had no strength. Okay. And so like, I couldn't do like any inversions. I couldn't do a headstand and people, it, it bothered people that I couldn't do a headstand and it bothered me that I couldn't do it. And so like, but like, again, that's showing up, you know, cause cause it's hard. It doesn't come easy for you. Why are you not doing it? And I agree. We are so coddled. And I think as teachers, we have to be mindful. Like I can plan a wicked hard intermediate flow for my regulars and that new person or two new people, like two friends that come in, they're like, yeah, it's my first class. So like you do have to ring things back mm-hmm. and make things more general. But I find because we're not, a lot of people aren't disciplined to yoga, something that they dabble in and I, I am, I know I'm partly naturally flexible, so I could leave for two months and come back if I did. And I wouldn't be as flexible, but I would be okay. So like, because we dabble, yoga in general has become a lot, pretty watered down, which makes Ashtanga look crazy, but it's not crazy. These people practice six days a week. They study, they, they know their anatomy. Like I trust the teachers that put me into postures that I can't do on my own fully like anybody that I let like, that I work with that assists me I fully trust them you know what I mean and it's like you want to put that work in where yoga is relaxing but doesn't mean it's relaxing the whole time you're doing it it's how do you relax your mind my teacher always says like in warrior two like give me 10% more in your legs and take it out of your face think about your face right now when I want to have tea with you right and it's the Sierra Stuka like it's that 
toughness and that sweetness at the same time. It's not about, I'm going to do what I feel like the whole time because it's my practice. It's like, to me, that's not yoga. Like maybe it's you getting out of your house. And if you are relaxed, that's great. You know, or like, but yeah, they're going to the bathroom every time that they're doing birds of paradise or half moon because you hate it. Or if you skip out of doing inversions, which I'm putting my hand up right now, and I know you're the only one that can see me because you're like, well, I'm not good at it. I can't do it. So I'm not going to do it. Yeah. Like says a lot about your, who you are. So it kind of like, again, it's that mirror. It's like, okay, why am I like this? And do I want to be like this? Mm-hmm. Yes. So, so good. So if someone is like, wow, this sounds like a really, really cool practice. I think I would like to give it a try. Again, we, we were talking at the start of this, we were saying like, people are like, I want to do yoga. And you're like, what kind of yoga do you want to do? In your opinion, who, what type of person would greatly benefit from an Ashtanga type of practice? Like mm-hmm. maybe somebody who's just blown out a disc in their back doesn't come to Ashtanga yoga. I would probably say, don't do that. If you've just yeah. heard your work in this. Yeah. If you're working with an injury, you would definitely be limited. But I know this is like what everybody says, but like literally anyone, like if you look at even some of the most influenced, pardon me, influential teachers in the world, like Kino McGregor, she's like, the first time I went to a class, I couldn't touch my toes. I couldn't lift myself up. I couldn't. She's like, if I can do it, she's like, you can do it. And like, I tell the people all the time, the first time I went to a Power Yoga Canada class, not the first time, but I vividly remember one day being in an evening class and watching people do a full chaturanga and not being able to imagine being strong enough. You know what I mean? So it's like, and like, are not, and like, I never thought I'd be able to do a headstand. And like, now I'm working on variations of getting into it. Like, so it's like, if you're injured, no. If you have an interest though, give it a try. If you do think you're physically limited, I would find either beginner classes online or a beginner class somewhere in your community. Like again, Durham, I know not only people from Durham listen to this, but we're very limited. Call me and I'll teach you a lesson. But if you live anywhere near the GTA, go to the Ashtanga Center. Like I was super intimidated. I don't even really know why. I think I knew it's because they were more hardcore or more fundamental than the people I I was taught by. But they're so nice. And they know so much about the body. They'll be able to tell you, okay, you should stop now. Okay. And like, it's not easy to hear that probably as a new person too, but they're, they don't say it just like that. They're like, Hey, you know what? So like there's gatekeepers in this posture to help keep the body safe and nice. you've reached a gatekeeper. And so that means that you stop in the sequence right now. And then you go ahead to closing. And that's why my source is so beautiful. It's like you all go at your own pace. Right. So like, Literally anybody, but yeah, if you are injured, I wouldn't recommend it depending especially on the injury. But like I had injured myself not doing yoga. I really hurt my knee bad. And I went back to to this either Ashtanga inspired, let's call it yoga, before I was fully healed and I just modified. Anyone can get stronger. Anybody can get more flexible. And it's hard for everybody. Like that's the thing you really need to keep in mind. Like it's not designed to be easy. It's designed to make you as uncomfortable as possible and then for you to be okay with it. That's why there's second and third series and fourth series. And like, so it's not meant to feel super easy. Sorry, I keep cutting you off. No, 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 no. I I want that to keep resonating with people too. Like it's, I feel like it's this, this mantra too. Like we keep saying in, in the world and, you know, coaches and 
online people keep saying like push yourself out of your comfort zone yet so many people are like yeah I'm gonna do it and then like their toe dips over and they're like just kidding like no I'm not okay with that and it's it's a yoga class too right like you know in an hour and a half it's gonna be over and whether it's the hardest hour and a half or 75 minutes or an hour it's gonna be over and you can try again too and I also like try different teachers too. Like, I think people are like, they go to like, let's say a vinyasa class and they're like, I didn't like the class. Whereas maybe they just didn't like the teacher. They weren't vibing with the teacher. Yeah. Just not the right teacher. Yeah. Yeah. You got to try a couple of different teachers. Maybe you're like, Hey, I kind of like, I did really enjoy the class, but like, I just did not like this Ashtanga based teacher. I mean, again, we're a little limited on how many of those teachers there are here, but just keep going and finding one, especially if you're like, you know what? I think I want to keep giving this class a chance. And I also say too, like, even if you don't love a class, give it a couple of tries too. Maybe it isn't the class for you, but maybe you just have to give it a a shot too. Right. Right. Teacher is huge and allow yourself. I don't know who says this quote, but like allow yourself to be bad at something new. Yeah. Like going with a beginner's mindset, like this whole, well, I don't want anyone to see me fall. Well, I don't want to. And again, I say this knowing that this is how I live the first 28 years of my life. I don't want, well, I don't, I don't want to be able to not do anything. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I don't want to look stupid. Like we're so self-conscious and we're so self-absorbed. Like we're really, nobody cares. Yeah. And I still have those moments when I'm in a MISO room and like, I don't know, I don't want to try to do something because I don't think I'm going to be able to do it. Like, I can't think of an exact example. And like, but in hindsight, like the person beside me that's doing second series, they don't care. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? And like, there are more relaxing styles of yoga and like, yeah, there's benefits in something to be said about like yin. Again, yin is actually based on discomfort too. It's not nearly as, it, it, I, I shouldn't talk, call it shanga extreme because I really don't think it is. It's not as high pace. It's still meant to make you discom- uncomfortable. Yeah. Another... <laughs> story I have mine of mine that I have is that like I never imagined in my wildest dreams I'd be in a yoga community where restorative yoga is so popular but like I don't discount that as being yoga I probably do like two or three restorative workshops a year mm-hmm. like and I and there's certain teachers that I know that are great and I love what they have to offer and I'll do them where like for me it's a whole different kind of discomfort zone to tell me, okay, Rachel, we're going to do a half an hour meditation. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like that's yoga. That's your work. Like yeah. anything that really makes you look at any part of yourself that maybe you don't like or accept a part of yourself that you don't think is the prettiest is yoga. So yeah, you try a shanga and it's not your jam, but you go to like a general vinyasa class and it's, it jives with you better because you're able to go twice a week and you can do all the postures. Should you be challenged more? Yes. But maybe you challenge yourself in different ways. Maybe you're also doing a meditation challenge. Like yeah. I could meditate more, but I, yeah. you know, none of us are perfect. But uh, if you, if you like a physically challenging activity, like I always played sports. I used to be a runner. I like my heart beating out of my chest and like being covered in sweat. Like I enjoy that then definitely give it a go. But yeah, I think in this day and age, we could all use more discipline and a little bit more structure and focus in our life. Yeah, no, that's so good. And that's definitely what Ashanga will give you. I'm curious, are there any other sort of like 
health or wellness modalities that you incorporate into your life to kind of give you that relief or calmness or, you know, even pump you up, like give you that physical demanding exercise that you need? I don't now. Dash tank is definitely enough. Um, before I taught, I used to be a gym person. And so I would do weights a couple of days a week. But honestly, I'd always go back and forth. I was either super into yoga or I was super into weights. And when I decided to teach, I never did yoga five or, day, five or six days a week. And then when I started, decided I was going to be a teacher, it was our, our second month of teacher training. Like we did that one week in a month thing. And I was so sore and tight from doing so much lower body at the gym. I just made a decision. I was just like, no, yoga is more important to me. So physical activity. I used to hike a lot when I lived in Alberta, but here I go for walks. But again, like a shanga is more than enough. In terms of wellness, though, um, I really have gotten more into like mindset work the last year, I would say, like working with coaches. So there's a lot of mindset work or mindset philosophy in yoga, right? And, and I appreciate the teachings and teachings of yoga. And I was told these, you know, I would hear these things that resonated with me, but I didn't know how to translate them into my life. Not to say that they're not valid, but like for me, you know, recognizing limiting beliefs and like journaling out doing limiting belief work. So where the I can't statement is, where's the story coming from? How can I rewrite the story? Kind of hence the name of my, my business is called Choose Freedom Yoga in that you can choose to be free. Like you can choose to release negative thoughts and negative patterns and you can stop that cycle of negativity because I felt for a long time I was trapped in my own head. Like I hated my head. I hated my brain. But you can start to rewrite those if you choose to not believe them to be true. And so pairing what I do with that other kind of work, which is very uncomfortable, and my subconscious mind tricks me out of it all the time because I don't want to think about painful things or I don't want to think about, you know, those inner inner thoughts that might be holding me back. But that's massive. It's been massive. Like it's gone alongside my yoga journey very much hand in hand for me to have the confidence to come on podcasts or, you know, try to be a better yoga teacher and actually resonate with more people because, yeah, because it's all that inner dialogue too, which yoga really opened me up to, but I do do other practices and that's huge for wellness, your mental health, like, you know, what's running through your head, what you tell yourself all the time. It's, it's been absolutely massive. Yeah, no. And that is, it's funny, you and I having this conversation because that's what I felt like yoga had did for done for me. It was like, it opened me up and made me Mm -hmm. realize like, Oh, like (laughs) I had like really, really crappy thoughts about myself. And (laughs) I I knew that too. Like I used to suffer really, really badly with obsessive compulsive disorder. And I don't know if you know very much about it, but it's one of those, it's one of those like mental health behaviors that like even scientists have a really hard time explaining because you can get so wrapped up in your head. Like I used to have thoughts that like, if I did not do something a certain way, people like my family was going to die and like it it didn't people like make it it doesn't make sense like if you walk this way down a a sidewalk like why would your mom drop dead and I'd be like like it would be like consuming me it'd be like I have to do it this way like you don't understand she's gonna die and it took me like 
it's a lot of like a lot of people can't even come out of an OCD mindset because it's so ingrained into their brain. And I, I know my therapist who I don't see at all anymore, but they are still blown away by the progress that I made. And I attribute a lot of it to yoga because I could see things coming up and I'd be like, okay, like, where is that coming from? Like, and it sucks. Like you were saying, like, I was miserable. Like Mm-hmm. there were times like I contemplated even taking my own life because it was like, I can't even live with these thoughts anymore. Like they're just, they consume you and nobody I've wants been there. To, yeah. It's, I've been there so many times. I, I I'm never going to be happy. I'm not meant to be happy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I can live another 16, like being old I am 60, 90 years being this unhappy life. So hard. Like, yeah, no, I, I didn't, I've never, I don't think I've ever suffered with OCD, but definitely depression and like extreme anxiety. Like if I was texting you and you didn't text me back fast enough, oh my God, what did I say? What did I say? Is she mad at me? Oh my God, Megan's mad at me. Oh, what is she mad at me about Rachel? What did you do? Like, you know what I mean? Like everything, like I looked at everything that way and it's exhausting. Yeah. And like, because I had I thought it was kind of normal not to really like yourself or like to not have a lot of confidence. And the more I work at rewriting that and like, as as soon as I really listened and understood that you could change those things. And again, yoga gave me that first taste where I'd finish a class where I'd put maybe ball my eyes out in Shavasana. When I get up after Shavasana, I'd be like, I'm not angry. I'm not thinking about who hurt me or if someone's mad at me, you know what I mean? Like, if it gave me 20 minutes of after class of peace, I was like, whoa, can I feel this way more often? So my yoga is a huge part of my life, but there's also been that whole other part and it's uncomfortable. My, one of the coaches I work with calls it unsexy soul work and quarantines really helped me force myself to do it. And now that I've made it a habit, I'm like, nope, sit down. If you do it for five minutes, journal and see what comes up or if I don't feel like putting myself out there, okay, where is this coming from? Uh, I'm not a good enough yoga teacher. People don't like me. Like, where are these stories coming from? And then where can you rewrite them? And yeah, you can. And it's, and it doesn't matter how healthy you eat, how much you sleep, how much water you drink. Like if you truly don't like yourself and don't think you're deserving and think life's hard and heavy, it will always be hard and heavy. It will always. So uh, to me, that's everything. And do you find that like doing all this internal walk has like completely shifted? You're like, you, you're happy now. You're like, and I'm not saying like, I feel like people always hear this and they're like, like unicorns and butterflies 24 seven. It's like, no, like <laughs> we still go through stuff and there's still sad parts. But like, for me, I'm like, people cannot believe the person I am today because I am, I'm happy. Like I'm right in a way better place than I was before. Like, do you feel the same? Yeah. I still have hard moments and like, I actually can remember the last time I spiraled. I what I call it like spiraling. It's almost like I get so upset. I can't control it. It happened. I can actually just say how it happened. Uh, two of my classes were dropped, which was a huge form of rejection to me. And like, I failed and people don't like me and I'm not good enough. And it was reinforcing those beliefs and it was devastating to me. Like now I can talk about it and I'm fine. But literally at the time it was 
heartbreaking to me that my classes weren't doing well enough and I wasn't doing well enough in my job. Uh, but you're able, so that talking myself out of that was a lot easier, but that happens a lot less than it used to. Or like those, those, I'm never going to get past this. This is never going to end. That doesn't, I don't let myself get that upset anymore. Yeah. Like even this morning when I was like, not the same thing at all, but like crying or like was sad that my old studio closed and I was like, this sucks. COVID sucks. Like what if my industry is never the same? Like where other places close, like where's the place, other place I work now, like glow yoga. What if they, I don't think they're going to close, but like, what if they close? Like what if I can't go back to in-person teaching and I was getting upset about it and it's just like, nope. It just, it's so much easier to go, not going down that rabbit hole. Like, how can you turn this around? And uh, it's a practice. It's no different than yoga. You don't get to go, okay, I, I can do the whole primary series, so I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> yes. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, it's huge. And, and unfortunately, our subconscious brain is wired to keep us safe and keep us small, right? And uh, we don't control what goes on in there. Because it's, again, it's subconscious. We don't even realize what's going on. But uh, when you start putting that work in, it's, <laughs> I had gone to a fight with my boyfriend last night. It's not like I'm perfect and I never get angry, but you can turn it, that time that it takes to turn it back around, gets shorter and shorter and shorter. And it's not nearly as, as extreme. So I'm really looking forward to see what it's like in another year from now, right? In terms of how I feel. And uh, I, I, I would never go back to how it was before oh I feel like you can't like we always joke about like once you start drinking like the yoga kool-aid and it's like for me my yoga teaching journey there was a I was very lucky that there was a lot of mindset work and like shadow work involved into it because that was like her yeah perspective of like what yoga was so in that sense it was really good but like I can't even imagine being that person that I was before I feel like I'm so much more well equipped with tools and it's still an ongoing process like you said I still have moments where it's like you know something happens and you're like devastated and it's like okay where can you find gratitude in this situation or where like where is there positivity because it's got to be somewhere and it's you know you pull yourself up and sometimes it's a lot easier than other days and some days you're like you know what today's a write-off it's just going to be a sad day but I've also learned that that's okay like it's okay yeah. to have a sad day and then don't drag it on tomorrow. But you know, like if a death or something happens, like be sad with that. Like it's not like, Oh, somebody died. Like, okay, where's the positivity in this? It's like, yeah, no. your emotions, but don't let them consume you and drag you down. The way I put it to my boyfriend a lot, like when we have these conversations, it's like not making excuses. Like, okay. Like a relative died that can be heartbreaking and devastating in a lot of things, right? Depending how close they were to you. But are you going to let that dictate how you show up for the rest of your life? Because it doesn't have to, because you're choosing to, you know what I mean? That's what I talk about choice is like, this is heartbreaking. I'm so sad, but how can I get to the other side of this? Yeah. You know what I mean? And like, I've been fortunate to not ever have from the outside, what would look like awful things happen. But when your subconscious and when your thought process is working against you, it is devastating. Right. So yeah, it's not like, yeah, again, I'm not, I'm not ashamed of the fact that I cried this morning. Cause I was like, I was so sad that I will never get to go back to Rocky mountain yoga. 
because I do, I visited Banff last year. I was supposed to visit this year. I'm not, I don't know if I'll be able to, but you know what I mean? Like I was like, you know, I visualized about getting to go back there and I never actually got to teach a class there. So like I mourned it for a few minutes and yeah, it turned into a little bit of what's happening to my industry. Oh my God. Like what's happening? Like what, what's going to happen to my career path? But then it's like, you can't think that way. You got to turn it, you know, like, okay, how do you flip this? How do you see, not as you see the positive, but pivot. Yes. Yeah. So how do you reach an audience in a different way? How do you do what you love in a different way? Because if, if you live black or white, if it has to be A, B, C, D in order to be happy or to succeed, then you're always going to be starting over. Amazing. Let's talk a little bit about what your business is, because I know I've seen you do this transformation from the first time we met to where you're at now. And I just want to, if people are like really resonating with you and what you're saying, like, what is it that you're, what are you currently doing in your business? And if you can, like, where do you see it going in the future? So right now in COVID land, um, <laughs> I'm offering my Zoom classes, like through me, just, just not through another studio, uh, three days a week. I decided those are still complimentary. A whole other conversation about charging for yoga during during COVID because it seems like it's turned into a right for it to be free, but uh, that's just to reach my audience. They are going to be shorter classes starting now, maybe like half an hour, forty five minute ones. I also teach for Glow Yoga. They've started an online academy. I teach on Saturdays, but in terms of my brand, it's funny that I ended up you ended up talking about mindset work, but diving more into that and offering teachings about it, it being separate from a yoga class, things that you can do to improve your mindset. Like I like to call it limiting belief work or subconscious belief work, or to me, how they feel are as overwhelming negative thoughts. And um, those feelings really make you feel alone. Right. But the more and more I talk to people, like it doesn't make, it doesn't make any sense that I'm the only one that felt that way. Right. And so there's you you can be happy so what I'm trying to say is I do see my work going that way and that's part of what my work is right now that like I know enough I'm smart enough you know what I mean like I I can start doing this work now because my comfort zone is running a yoga class so and that's actually one of the revelations I had this morning like Rachel this is your time to get into this kind of work you can't lead a room full of people you can't give hands-on assists but, and you don't know how long it's going to be before you can do that. So how could you have offerings in other ways? So it's something that I've wanted to include. And that's part of my, why my business name is what it is, is Choose Freedom Yoga um, or Choose Freedom is that there, there's tangible things that you can do outside of your yoga practice to help that peace of mind feeling last for longer. I kind of offer that in my Instagram posts and don't have a, an offering to pitch, but um, if you follow me on Instagram at Choose Freedom Yoga um, or my Facebook page, I offer a lot of that. I mean, obviously, I'm very a physical yogi as well, so that's what my classes are like, and I offer some posture uh, instruction on my Instagram and Facebook as well. Um, I actually have a bunch of uh, recorded classes I'm going to put up on my Facebook page but that's what I do. And that's where I kind of think it's going to go, especially until we can go back into a somewhat normal situation where we're actually allowed to be in the same room as other people. 
yeah, yoga, do, physical yoga practice and teaching that will always be a love of mine, mm-hmm. but how to intertwine or include like, hey, these are things that you can do and your life will be a lot better. You'll be a lot happier and things will feel lighter is, is work that I want to start integrating soon. Yes. Amazing. Perfect. Well, before we finish off this podcast interview, I have something which is called a bonus round. So okay. it's, <laughs> we used to call it a speed round, but I always kept taking people off on tangents. So now it's just like a bonus round. <laughs> <laughs> so are you ready? I, I'll be as ready as I'll ever be. <laughs> <laughs> what is a podcast, book, or resource that has brought you value and you would recommend to our audience? I want to say Lewis Howes, but I'm going to shamelessly plug our good friend Amanda Kingsmith MBO podcast, especially yeah. if you're a yoga teacher. If you're not a yoga teacher, Lewis Howes' podcast. Yeah, they're both so good. And even to like Amanda, so our friend Amanda with MBO, there is a business side of it. Absolutely. But it's always so inspiring to hear people's background stories. Yeah. The stories. Yeah. I, yeah. I listened to it as a yoga teacher and as a friend, I listened to it before I was a yoga teacher, but particularly if you're looking for more mindset inspiration, the people that Lewis House has on his, on his podcast are incredible. Awesome. So shout out to Amanda Kingsmith and Lewis House. Hey, Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> Who is your favorite influencer or person to look up to for inspiration? Probably my teacher um, that I, I mean, she's not my regular, she is currently a regular teacher via, via Zoom, but the, the person I was taught yoga from as a teacher, Erin uh, Evans. Ooh. I love how real she is. I love how raw she is. Again, an amazing yogi. She's incredibly smart, incredibly talented um, uh, at Erin Evans Yoga. Yeah, she inspires me to want to be a better teacher all the time. Awesome. Everybody's got to go stalk her after. Got to stalk her. Yeah, she's great. <laughs> What are you grateful for today? Warmer weather coming. Yeah. I love spring. I'm a shoulder season person. Okay. I love spring and fall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm a, I'm a summer person, but like just the fact that it's getting a little bit warmer out, I'm just, the fact that we're not wearing boots and jackets anymore is very exciting. Yeah. I can't do Ontario summer. I asked Eric, I called Eric crying one day. It was so humid. And I, I asked him. It's because it's not humid like that in Alberta. And so I asked him if we could go to Alberta. I'm like, I can't do this. Can we please go to Alberta? Oh, see, Uh, and I'm just like, like, to me, I'm like, it's like two months. It's not long enough. We need more. Like I, I could live somewhere like Amanda. I could live somewhere hot. uh, I could, I could be forever spring. (laughs) (laughs) What is your spirit animal? Ooh, you know what? I've always loved monkeys and I don't know what about me makes me a monkey other than I do eat a lot of bananas, but I've always had like uh, a little bit, not a connection, but like, like, what's your favorite animal? I would say a monkey. Like a big one or a small one? A bigger one. Okay, cool. Yeah. Maybe not necessarily have to be a gorilla, but like not like the ones that like pickpocket. You could be like an orangutan. I feel like so yeah. playful. They're like, they're like, they love connecting with humans. That yeah, I don't know. I think everybody likes monkeys, right? But like, oh, I even like yeah. gorilla, gorillas. I find them fascinating. Yeah, You're I've always cool. liked monkeys. And finally, what is your favorite form of self-care to practice? Doing yoga. Yeah. Practicing, practicing <laughs> the physical part of yoga is definitely my favorite. Yeah. 
Amazing. Uh, this has been such a great conversation. Where can everybody once again go and find you online? Instagram at choose freedom yoga and my Facebook page, which is connected to the Instagram as uh, choose freedom yoga. Perfect. Rachel, thank you so very much for being on the show. Thank you so much. Bye. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure you give it a five-star rating and review. It takes two moments of your time and truly does make a difference in growing this community and showing support for the show. Make sure to stop by and say hi on social media. Take a screenshot of this episode, tag our guest, tag me and hashtag the show, hashtag BYL podcast. Share it out on your Instagram stories so that we can share it out on ours and I will make sure to slide into your DMs to say hello. Until next Monday, everyone. I can't wait to see you then. Namaste.